yeah, I think we can just get right into this. Uh, how would you explain to somebody what it is that you do? Someone that doesn't know any better. They don't know anything about this non-dual perspective or realization. Um, how would you explain it simply to somebody? Ooh. Well, I think... I think from the start, we're all searching for something. We're like searching for an answer. Mm. And it could appear in different ways for different people. Um, but at the core, it's kind of like we, we want to know what this is. Why are we here? Yeah. Or what's the meaning of life? Or what's, what's my purpose here? Hmm. And yeah, there's kind of this yearning to kind of fulfill that answer somehow. So I'm here to tell people that there is no answer. Mm -hmm. And of something that can happen is that the yearning for an answer can just dissolve. Uh -huh. And then what it reveals was, is is already what was, which is everything, simply everything. And the need to know, the need to get fulfillment, the need to feel good enough, it, it can dissolve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. That brings up the quote for me, um, Nishragata Maharaj, I think I said his name right. The question of who am I is ultimately meant to dissolve the questioner. That seems to be the essence of what you just said. Mm. Or, or it's revealed that there was never a questioner. It was just like a sense that was longing for something other than this. Mm -hmm. See this. Yeah. Mm hmm Yeah. simply this <laughs> so you reveal um that there is nothing to be revealed but there is a sense of in all human beings for some reason there is a sense of wanting to reveal something right like you said a yearning for something a search for maybe some kind of connection uh uh, a search for a sense of completeness, right? Fulfillment. There's a lot of different words, I guess we could use a lot of different labels, but it's like a hole that we're trying to fill, right? And you reveal that it's kind of futile to try to fill the hole. So you just dissolve that hole altogether in the act of trying to fill that hole altogether. And in a way, that is a sense of completeness, right? But it's like a sense of completeness that even transcends the idea of trying to become complete. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I can say, though, that... Even when it was really obvious not only on the mental level, but energetically, it was quite obvious that this was it, that nothing could 
fulfill this because it was already complete. There was still the habit and conditioning here from mentally believing that I'm not good enough, that I do need to prove that I am worthy or I need validation somehow, mm-hmm. whatever way that was particular to me, that kept running. And I needed to see that it was innocent. I needed to see that it's not a problem. It still didn't define me. It still wasn't me. There wasn't anyone behind that. It was an energetic sense that has momentum. And by suppressing it and denying it doesn't do it any good. It, it actually perpetuates the same conditioning we're given over and over that, yeah, you're right. You're not good enough. You're not important. We're used to that. And it's kind of repeating that again. So I found that actually allowing it to be simply as it is was kind of necessary, you can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you, getting back to like explaining to somebody that doesn't know any better, would you say that's like the, uh, that is not the core, but I guess part of the core of what you guide others to, it's that to be okay with what is, whatever is happening with the mind stuff, whatever I guess comes up, whatever comes and goes in the phenomena of our lives, it's to in one way or the other, be okay with that. And it's like, it doesn't mean shoo it away. It doesn't mean disregard it. But if anything, it just, it's like, see it in a different light. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's more like, instead of an absolute identification with it, by hearing, um, well, it can happen in different ways, but for example, by hearing something like this, that um, you, can't, you can't fill that void, never ever, and that this is already home, then there, there could be like, uh, for lack of a better word, like a shift that does happen from complete identification with this neediness to like, oh, it's just like innocent patterning, energy. There can energetically be this expansiveness that takes place. Yep. And that, that edgeless, um, boundless energy is what you are. Not as an entity and not as a thing, not as a solid anything. It's actually empty. So that's all there is. And within that, as that, is this energy that is playing, is appearing that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, why are we playing? You know, what's this play for? What do you think this show's for? Yeah, there, there's just no answer. Um, it becomes clear that we don't know anything. We don't know why this is happening. The only thing we can know is we know nothing. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Socrates figured that out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To know thyself is to know that you will never know thyself. 
Would you say there's layers to know, though? There's layers to know in this role that we play. You know, within the waves of the Grand Ocean, there is a, there's a sense of knowing how the waves flow, how your wave length flows in this ocean. You know what I mean? Like, we're not ever going to figure it out, but there's probably things that one can figure out in this energetic essence that one uh, pervades, you know? Mm. Um, I, I do feel like there is, this is all a story and I don't, I don't know what's happening, but just for fun, I do think that there's something beautiful when there is this identification, there's something beautiful about the evolution of like really knowing oneself and uncovering one's uniqueness and letting that shine, um, letting that come forth. There's something beautiful about that. But I also want to say that um, it can become another chain of like, oh, I, I need to like become my best self or yeah. it, it can become another burden. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just mean in a, in a really gentle way, like that could be the natural movement to really kind of unveil the naturalness that's there rather than like doing what other people told you you should be and what you should do and how you should appear. So just uncovering for yourself, like what is genuine here? Um, And it seems like when the identity was really dissolving, like the real stickiness of everything of this body, the functioning, uh, the conditioning and the characteristics, when the identity was really dissolving, it seemed like that was amplified. Like it was really able to be just what it is. Um, And it was a lot more clear what that was because it just felt horrible to be anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's like a um, effortless, genuine sense of flow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it can. Yeah, it can feel like an effortless flow, and then and then it's um, the sense of time can really dissolve as well. So then I wouldn't describe it as a flow anymore. It's, it's just simply what it is. Yeah, because the flow in, infers that there is a flowing from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. That's the tricky part about having these kind of conversations. It's that automatically when you have a conversation, you're already caught in paradox in a way. <laughs> yeah. you know? it's, it's impossible to not be contradictory constantly. Yeah, I think that's the uh, that's the fun of this. I mean, essentially, I think you already said something about this. It's like a game or we're having fun, but that's the fun of this uh, essence of the kind of uh, this, the the topic of this conversation. The topic of no topics is it's riding the wave of paradox, you know, and it's like uh, 
choosing the words wisely and uh, knowing that every word that we choose really doesn't even doesn't really even matter <laughs> but i guess like you know it's like a game it's like all games game i mean games don't matter when you play we, you, you play a game for fun to be in the midst of the game right you don't play to get to the end of the game so i guess that's if you want to extend that metaphor to these kind of conversations it can be like that it can be looked at as a game it's a gameless game <laughs> yeah it's interesting but yeah getting back on your topic of uh of um of the the identity structure i guess dissolving into the uh into the eternal the boundless that can become in my in my opinion that can become like another identity the the identity of no identity that can become like a very grand trap i see and i'm i'm speaking from personal experience in my story i felt like at one time there was that of like the attempt to dissolve the ego actually um strengthens the ego even more you know and i feel like that's almost like in a way that's like the last trap <laughs> you know that seems to be the last trap until you realize that the whole entire journey and story was a little uh, uh i don't want to say pointless because everything has a, has a rhyme and a reason it doesn't it doesn't but it's like how do i put this how do i put this let me try and let me back up a little bit it's like in a certain way speaking from personal experience you reach like a certain point where in the story of Gary, I went through, you know, many countless psychedelic experiences, kundalini yoga classes, just yoga, countless hours of meditation. The list goes on of this journey in the story of Gary, right? Trying to, trying to do something. I don't know what he's trying to do, but just trying to, like you said in the beginning, just trying to figure out what the heck all this is, man. Like what's, what's going on? What is, what is this? Right, so through that the journey of the self, I, I came to realize that, like, what was I? There was one point or a few points, maybe, maybe even right now, where I was like, "Wait a second, what was I trying to do the whole time? Where was this destination? Like, I, there, there's an idea I feel like of a destination that we innately have, like somewhere we gotta go, something we gotta do, someone we gotta be, something we gotta become." And it's funny, I have this book, literally, as I said that, Become What You Are by Alan Watts. So like right when I, that was weird synchronicity. But yeah, that's like, be, it's like becoming, the, the essence of the journey seems to me, it's like becoming what we already are. And there's a weird irony in that, right? And just in the, the formality of that sentence, we're, we're trying to become what we are. And then in a way, when we become what we are, it's like, oh, what was all that for? <laughs> what, was, what was I trying to do the whole time, man? Like, come on. And there's a weird joke in that, you know? There's a weird, like, cosmic grand joke, it seems to be, in this this whole journey, this whole spiritual journey. It's this, uh, I get, for me personally, I could do nothing but laugh, you know? I could just do nothing but, oh, just laugh at myself and the, the, the ludicrousy of the mystery that we find ourselves in. Yeah. 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 Ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's funny because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous in so many moments, but yet it's, I also find a sense of peace in that ridiculousness, you know? There's like, I don't know, there's like, I, I'm very neutral. There's a certain equanimity, but like, I still laugh at the, hmm, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I still find stuff 
funny in that equanimity. I know that doesn't really seem to make sense, but there is like, there's a certain centeredness, I guess one could say, a center of no centers. But yet I see in that, I don't know, in the, in the, the, the different acts and the different phenomena of life, there is a very lighthearted, joking essence to it. It's hard to explain. I don't really know how else to explain it. Then it's just it's funny. Life becomes somewhat funny. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I like that. At least to me. Hey, no, I'm not trying to preach to anybody. I'm not I'm not trying to say it to to you or anybody. I just find that uh, even the whole journey, just the whole journey of the self realization, it's funny. Like, what are we trying? Like we said, what are we trying? What was I trying to figure out the whole time? No, it doesn't make any sense. I know you kind of see that it wasn't important. Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't going to be like this grandiose kind of revelation that you thought, at least I thought that it would be like, you know, I would hear like, this is the highest path. And I would feel like, yes, I am going to get the answer and I'm going to, I know. I always felt like I was going to get something and arrive somewhere. Um, yeah, and it was devastating when, at least for here, when I had, when there was this hopelessness of like, oh shit, like my whole journey, I don't know what I was doing or where I was going, like you said. There was really like a, oh man, no. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was lost then. I was like, oh no, well, what do I do now? Yeah. what now that's that's what now is now though that's the thing it's like what now now <laughs> there is no what now it's just now <laughs> uh, it's just the reverse side of really feeling like there is a next moment and then and then feeling the jolt of like this is it then then the ripple you know the momentum of like what now it just needs to be felt and it, it feels really devastating and uncomfortable, but it's, it's just the other side of it that was never fully confronted. Cause we're always just like moving to the next, the next thing, yeah. the next identity, the next thing that we try to fill that hole. Like there's always that next, there's always that next thing in the human mind. Hmm. Exactly. It's so convincing too. Oh, yeah. It has to be. I feel like at one level, it has to be convincing. In order to... Hmm, I don't... Yeah, it's like it has to be such a strong illusion in order for us to be able to know that it was an illusion. It's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like we have to get lost. In one way, it, I almost see it's like you have to get lost in the illusion in order to come out the other side and see that it was all an illusion the whole time. Because to me, like, maybe this is just me making up stories in my head in another attachment, but I'm like, well, why, you know, we're here now and we can recognize that I'm you, you're me and the listener. We're all in this one boundless eternal thing. And that doesn't even do it justice explaining it. And one can come to that realization. Um, But it's like, why did we even have to lose that essence in the first place? You know, and I know you could say that's just another story. We never actually lost it. Well, yeah, I understand that. I definitely understand that. But like in the story of Gary and other people listening, maybe 
um, there was that there was that yearning, right? We have that yearning. So like, why? To me, I don't know. This is just part, maybe part of the grand mystery. It's like, why do we even have to yearn? Why, why, why did God decide to separate Himself into human beings and forget? It's like, what did, what did, what in a in a in a metaphorical sense? It's like, what did God want to experience out of its own separateness? What? Why was God not satisfied? Why was the one not satisfied with being the one? Why did the one have to separate into the many and forget it was the one so that it could come back into the one? Maybe I'm just making up stories in my head. And like I said, it's another attachment, but that's just something that's just like, it's peculiar to me. It's like, why did that even have to happen? Because now it's like, I realize it's, it was always one the whole time. But it's like, why did I have to go through the struggle? Maybe the struggle and the illusion was so that I could wake up to the one. There could be no other way. There, there is, it's like our suffering and our, our separation. We need like, you know, okay, so let me back up a little bit. This reality works in polar opposites, right? In a way, in, in a dualistic sense, at first, in that yearning is because we're caught in the opposites. We're caught in the polarity. So it's almost like, in a sense, bear with me here, um, God incarnated as a human being in a sense of separateness, in a sense of polarity, to know what it's not, to know what it is. So it's like we need to know what we're not to know what we are, in a way. It's like... Our story is like figuring out, uh, figuring out the darkness so that we could see the light in the darkness, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like, it, hopefully I'm not like blabbering on, but it's like, why was, I guess the essence of my question, it's like, why was the duality, why was the, why is duality even necessary in the first place? And it seems to me, it seems to be needed. It seems to be like we, we needed in a way to reside as the separateness so that we could almost seem like evolve. It seems like an evolution and that's true non-duality. It seems like, it's like, it seems like uh, that separateness becoming the one is, that is non-duality, right? Because, okay, I'm blabbering on, I know I am, but I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try and culminate all my thoughts here. It's like, You know, we, me and you, we can recognize at one level that we're the same thing, but yet we also have to play our roles here. We have to, we have to play this act. Literally, we're, this is an act right now. This is a show. So it's like we're, we're in God's show. You know, it's like we're just like, we're in this grand movie, it seems. And the show must go on. And we have to, even when we figure out it's a show, play our roles like there's still the role playing right there's still there's still the separateness like even though even though i know full well all is one and there's nothing that anything can do or anybody can say that would convince me otherwise it's like we the show still goes on there's still the happening of gary haskins at the moment there's still the happening of suzanne the happening even though we not might not feel completely like we're this just this entity there is still the phenomena of what we are like what we're acting that to me is the truest sense of this non-dual perspective right it's like simultaneous paradox <laughs> it's a simultaneous unexplainable paradox that i could just sum up as like it's it's god's show and getting back to it 
it's kind of funny. It's like God wanted to make himself laugh. It's like it's like it, it, it's like we're the punchline, and the 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 punchline of the joke is when you do figure out and you have this realization, right? You get that. It's like that spark. That's like a when when you when you uh you know when you get a joke, right? It's like a it's like a it's like a light bulb moment in a way. Something connects, and it seems like what connects for us is our our separateness connecting to the whole. We're just God's joke. <laughs> I hope that made sense. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even know what you want to draw off on that, to be honest. I appreciate yeah, you yeah. listening. I don't feel like I'm playing a role, though. It, it feels like I'm just, it's just what's happening. And I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it feels like this, it feels right for here. I guess it's not really interpreted. I think. Um, well, let me say this though. It's interpreted by me and everybody else. So like, even though it's your perspective, isn't playing a role and I understand exactly what you're saying. You're more real to other people than you are to yourself. You know what I mean? And that's the trippy part. So it's like, but even then you, you could say like, well, those people aren't real either, but it's like, well, okay, I get that. But it's, that's their experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, so it's like, that's I guess that's what I was getting at in the role thing, right? We're a show to the outside world. We're we're, we're not the center of the universe, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but it, it does. Yeah, you're you're right. Like I, there's an understanding that from another's perspective, this probably seems solid and real like an actual entity. Yeah. But from, from here, it does seem like there's no one anywhere and mm-hmm. it's just everything. And it doesn't feel like a play anymore. It's, I really, I literally don't know what's happening and there's no ability to attempt to even believe anything that the mind will construct. Yeah. So the idea of a show or a play or God's joke to the person that we see as Susan, it doesn't hold any weight. It doesn't mean anything, right? Is what you're getting at. I know what you mean. Hmm. So on that note, though, there, I feel like once, once one can get that glimpse of the infinite, right? And that, get that glimpse of the seeming grand mystery that one can never figure out. One is, you know, the, the, there is really the eternalness, the infinite, the ultimate sense that one can realize comes a different kind of orientation in how one's actions proceeds from that realization. You know what I mean? And even though to you or me, it might not feel different because it's all one moment, there is no past or future, right? But to that other person, to, to some, to the seeming other vantage point of consciousness, the other seeming neuron in the one mind, it may see you or me as different acts in the play, right? It may see that the action becoming a little bit different, like a different kind of um, different kind of flavor, I guess, to one's one's energy, you could say. Um, and it, it's ironic and it's kind of funny because me and you, what we do, our action is in the play is 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 guiding others in a way to show that they're in the play 
right? So there's a weird irony and joke to that. But that doesn't have to be for everybody, right? Obviously, that's not for everybody. So let me ask you this. What would you say, just to an outside point of view, to me, what would you say is different in your actions or possibly other people's actions that you've witnessed when they have this grand realization of non-duality and ultimate ultimate just connection to everything and nothing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, how does it alter their, their actions or something? Yeah, like how, because I do feel as though there is a separate, there is, a, um, there is something that changes in somebody and I know we can say nothing changes there is nothing to ever change but I do feel as though from people that I spoke to in personal uh, experience there is a there's a kind of um, there's a certain way that we live differently in this maybe one can say it's like the eightfold path in a way it doesn't we don't have to go down that model but there's a different kind of path to walk in the act of life maybe you can disagree with me and say there's not but I from what I've Oh, from what I've witnessed, it's like a a, a a different kind of orientation in our actions and how we uh, how we discern this the, the the things that come in the the phenomena of life and from that from that different kind of discernment is a different kind of way to way to act in the world. So would would you agree or disagree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I really do think it's gonna vary. And this this is also quite new here. So, um, but what I what I can say I I feel like okay if I if I had to just d- attempt to describe what was happening here. Mm-hmm. I'm okay if this ends now. So I'm okay if this so-called body it is I'm okay if it all ends now because I there is this sense that it's not really ending. It's still going to be everything. Mm-hmm. So that does change how the body acts. It's not acting from a personal desire anymore. It's more like Either it subtly feels good or it feels right. And there was a refinement that is happening where I can't help but be honest. I can't help but be genuinely myself or, you know, how the body is. Mm-hmm. I can't help but want to sort of be available for others and kind of see where they're at and whatever response comes. I, there is a trust that it is, it's not the right thing to say because there never is, but there is kind of a trust Mm. in in a way. But I can also say that there are very, um, that's why I say this can vary because like my partner right now, he just has a normal job, um, has a very normal life, isn't, you know, isn't doing anything like this. And doesn't care to right now. Um, you know, so it varies. Like, I I feel like since 
I was like a young child, this is how it was. Like I, I deeply kind of cared for others and But now it feels like it's not from a need for validation or a need to save anyone. It seems like it just, it's just what's happening. <laughs> it's like really neutral. I see. Mm. Yeah. So there is a authentic sense of it seems to me like an authentic sense of wanting to help people without appearing as the helper, right? From what you described, it seems like you said you, you hold space for others, right? Now, yeah, it's also, it's also a knowing that I don't know what's best for others because no one does. And there's also knowing that actually that, that other what you can point them to is just you already know and it's just kind of unveiling what's covering that you know mm. mm -hmm. what do you think covers that in your experience what would you say covers what we already know is it our is it our desires is it our attachment to the bodily pleasures and pains the comings and goings of of uh the story you know is it our attachment to the story mm. um i think that is probably a big part of it because it's so innocent that when when you feel separate coming from a place of insecurity just naturally a feeling of unsafety like i'm separate from everything that's it's a very vulnerable place to be and so because of that we we learn to mask that vulnerability and try to get safety elsewhere by becoming something appearing a certain way being more confident um getting a partner more money. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not that those things can't appear, but when there is this real need for it, you can call it attachment because you, you feel that base sense of unsafety. Then, then yeah, your, your so-called authenticity or what's just simply there will be a little manipulated, understandably, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Would you say we're all yearning for the same thing? Like we're all, even though it's not a thing, I know it's not, uh, but that, that yearning is the same yearning for like it's we all have a similarity of yearning that that wanting to come back to that god essence that oneness would you say that's similar to every single human being yet we just we don't we don't we try to do it through the body 
we try to do it through our, our pleasures, through our, uh, you know, like you said, trying to get a car or a partner or a nice house or whatever it is. And that's all good. That's all going to happen. That's all going to, that's grand. That's the, that's just, that's just life, man. That's all part of the play, right? But it's the fact that we try to find that permanent sense of connection in those impermanent things. And that leads essentially to more yearning, more suffering, right? So would you say that is, it's just like we have misplaced um, priorities, right? It's like we, we try to find that, that yearning, that aspect that we all have. Would you, we, we try to find that in things that will never fill that cup, right? So would you say we all have the same cup, <laughs> right? The, the same thing we're trying to fill in our hearts? Mm. Yeah, I would say that ultimately every yearning um, it is it is yearning for uh, a complete merging into everything mm -hmm. and um, yeah because I can I can sense that with uh, people around me who have no interest in this at all and they're just chasing the other stuff it is all chasing God <laughs> yeah mm. but I see nothing wrong with that anymore it's it's so um i see nothing wrong with seeking um because in a way what it felt to lose everything you know like the complete end of seeking is the loss of your entire world or what you knew to be your entire world so to, to go through something like that is not like necessarily an easy thing because it's a whole, it's really popping of a bubble of a certain type of existence. And then beyond it, there is, there is just beauty and safety and it's, it's, it is actually okay. But to pop that bubble is, is quite a big thing. So if people are seeking and like, having pleasure and actually enjoying that i don't see anything wrong with it i agree yeah that could also be part of the path that's also god it's like don't deny one's desires because that's just another attachment don't deny that that could just that could just be another trap in itself you have to just be genuine i guess that that bubble that pops is the bubble that pops to a sense of genuine humanness i see it um but how do we i know there's no there's no you know there's no cookie cutter explanation of this but we can try and talk about it how, how does one pop this bubble is it divine grace you know where does this bubble popping stem from would you say hmm yeah, again, it's, it's just going to vary, but um, I feel like most of the spiritual path is a yearning that's directed toward this rather than the other stuff. Um, 
And then you get to a point where you kind of see that you cannot do it. You, you cannot surrender. Um, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> and there can be a shift in like, one way or another, this relinquishing of your own personal will, because your will cannot get rid of that will, if that makes sense. The sense of control cannot get rid of the sense of control. Yeah. So, the, you know, there can be either a sudden collapse or a subtle collapse that happens, and then it can be seen that, holy shit, life is doing everything. Mm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You can't try to surrender. Yeah. But in that holy shit moment comes an obligatory surrender, I feel like. It's like it doesn't come from the surrender, but after the holy shit, it's like like you said, like <laughs> I don't know what's going on. None of this is in my control. I got to surrender. Surrender to the said flow. To, to this to this experience as best as you can but you can't try that's the thing it's like it, it's already fault in my words just saying that as best as you can it's like there is there is no as best as you can there is no trying to surrender like you said i like that there is it's the will that goes beyond will you can't will to have no will it doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense yeah, yeah. peculiar these conversations, they always, I don't know, they get me feeling some type of way. <laughs> <laughs> what type of way? <laughs> I don't know. It's connected. You know, you know what it makes me feel? Um, in the surrender, in surrender to the here and now in the moment, I feel if, if one could use another synonym to it, there is this somehow, some way, a sense of unconditional love love in just the experience somehow in one way or the other and it's love that's beyond the concept of love especially in the way that we use love in our world it's it's just like this it's unbound love in in a way it's it's like i know it's not this it could be another trap to say that i am love but it's like there is something in me that says that that is like a higher essence of what you are. And I know that could be, in my words, can be looked at as another trap, but it almost feels like what I am, what you are, what the listener is in the future, somehow we're all in that, in that unity, that unbound unity is what glues it together is this energy of love. Um, and it's very profound. Obviously, my words aren't doing it justice. I can't convey that through a subject-object orientation. But if you know, you know. It's something that just like feels right. I don't know how else to explain it. There's just like, in this moment, this here and now, the everlasting moment that always was, always is, always will be, is, is love. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. It is, it is like all there is is this unconditional love and it's not knowable, it just is. And it, 
it's clear that it was always the only so-called real thing in a sense. And it's obvious that actually I've never loved anyone as a person. Um, it's, it's a beautiful experience that can happen and man, it could feel amazing and also horrible sometimes, <laughs> but beyond that, beyond, um, in, I guess in the absence of that, that experience, it's, it is unbound love. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting in our terminology in the popular way that we, we, we say it, like, I fell in love with this person. It's not like, yeah, we say I love you and you love me, but it's like together we fell in this love, you know, like that we fell in the ocean of love. It's almost like it's a separate thing that we become when you fall in love with somebody. I feel like that's a very accurate description to what we're getting at. It's an interesting thing. I never heard anybody say it. it's like you, you never loved anybody. Because that is conditional in a way, right? This true unconditional love is beyond all conditions of the body, all conditions of you and me. It's this thing that we melt into and we become one together. We fall in love. I hope that made sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a complete merging. Merging, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> it's a complete merging. It's so beautiful, right? So beautiful. Yeah. So when I when I talk to my partner, like he lives overseas, so we just talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm talking to myself, but not. But like it kind of is. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we're not separate, you know. He's not over there. Mm hmm. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you seeming two minds exist in this one sphere that almost seems to transcend all duality like love in a way if, if two or more people ideally everybody gets on this wavelength of this this loving wavelength it's like we exist almost in a way in a higher dimension it's like love is comes from somewhere else you know what i mean love almost seems alien even though it's not i obviously know it's not it's just me kind of making a joke but you know what i'm getting at it's like love almost seems like this thing that is like everything is encompassed in love right it's like everything here all phenomena all matter is encompassed in love and love is everything and isn't everything here but yet all phenomena here it stems from that. And when we resonate on that with another person or for ourselves, whatever it is, it's like we, that's how we truly transcend the separation. It's like we, it's almost like in a way we take ourselves out of this, this idea of just me and the five senses and all the goings on of the body. And we, we touch upon that, that umbrella of love that everything is in, nothing is contained in. And in a way, that's how we transcend the dimensions in a way. That's why I said it's like alien. Even though, like I said, it's not. It's the most unalien thing. <laughs> it's, it's the most pure and natural state that we all are. But it's like, uh, it's like through the separation, that's when you can find that. And uh, love is that, like I said, it's that, it's that essence of seeing through the separation somehow, some way. It's transcending. It's God. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> Love is the way. That's how I like to say it, you know. When in doubt, just follow the heart, man. We all have it. We all got a heart. I think that's the uh, that's the future, ideally, even though there is no future. But I do see, I do foresee some kind of world, maybe in this lifetime, probably not, but maybe in the future, just like somewhere, just where it's, I just feel the love, you know, I feel that, that heaven, the kingdom of heaven is within. I just, I just feel that, like I feel it's some kind of possibility and someone may call me a crazy idealist and I know you, you need the polarity, you need the yin and yang, but there's something in me that like yearns for that heaven-like state. And maybe it's just like, maybe that is the yearning that we that we spoke about in a way. Maybe that yearning that we all feel is like our yearning of this so-called heaven, however you picture it, but it's really like that so-called heaven is not in the future. It's not of a different realm. It's not anywhere else, but here, literally in our hearts. Maybe that's what we feel. This yearning is for like this, the sense of how it could be, it should be. And really, really how it is. Really, this is heaven. (laughs) That's the thing. I think, right? It's like, it's hard to say, obviously, because there's so much darkness, right? There's so much darkness that we can witness on Fox News or TikTok or whatever. But it's like, in actuality, when you can see through all those very strong illusions of fear, one can come to find that we're already in this heaven-like state. It's already heaven. Maybe that's the yearning. We're all, we're all looking to uncover the, the great revelation that it's not after we die. It's right here in this exact moment. Heaven is now. And it only is revealed when we... When we... I don't know, do nothing at all. <laughs> when, we, when we try to stop being something we're not, when we try to make it not heaven. And that's how we got ourselves into this calamity because we're trying to be something greater than everything, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? We're trying to, we're trying to make something out of heaven. It's already heaven. <laughs> we're trying to force it, man. But you can't. It's all here. It's all right now. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling today. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. I guess on that note, we can probably start to wrap this thing up, to be honest. It's, it's, heaven is here and now. And I know that doesn't negate anyone's suffering. That doesn't negate anyone's darkness in life and the pain that we go through. But I guess it's like, I don't know. Just uh, take my word for it. I don't know <laughs> what else to say. It's like, th- th- there's hope. Maybe this this i don't know because it's like i i say these things right and they sound very grandiose heaven is here and now but on the on the other side of this microphone i can recognize that there's somebody going through a lot of pain and suffering and they're like gary what the what are you talking about man you know like i'm hurting i'm hurting mentally physically like what are you what are you talking about it's heaven and i don't know what else to say to that you know i wouldn't i wouldn't know how to respond to that other than it's like it's true, man. Maybe to maybe see that it's all temporary. All of our pain, all of our suffering that anybody can go through, whatever it is, any malady of the body, mind, of the mind, of the physical vessel that we find ourselves in, 
it's all temporary. Anika, no matter what we go through, it's all going to come to pass. To me, that with no if there's no attachment to the body and of the mind, that is that is grace. That no matter what happens in our life, it's not real. <laughs> it's not real, man. It's real in one sense, but at the end of the day, it's going to come to pass. It's going to flow in the river of time away, just like anything else. And it really doesn't mean anything. Mm. You know? And that doesn't help anybody who is hurting right now and, and sick, I, I guess, but it's the truth. You know, it really is the truth. I would never say that to somebody who is like in the hospital bed. <laughs> You're like, hey, man, don't worry about it. None of this is real. But it's, you know, it really is the truth that we can all find. In this, in this temporary nature of this physical vessel, to me, that's grace. To know that it's all gonna, it's all gonna come to pass, man. Yeah. Okay. So I think we could probably start to wrap it up on that note. Uh, you got any last words, or you want to want to just keep it at that? Yeah. Um, I don't know anything. <laughs> all I can, all I can say is that I know nothing. Yeah. If um. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> if I if I saw someone suffering in front of me, mm -hmm. I would just respond, you know? And yeah, probably just normally. Like, yeah. I don't believe in any way of being or you don't have to believe anything. It's just what it is. And I understand that it's painful. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay to be pain be in pain. That's a tough one, but it's true. It's okay to suffer. But in that way, it's like, it eases the suffering in a way, makes the suffering a little bit more bearable, if that makes sense. It's okay to not be okay. We've all heard that before. Yeah. <sighs> well, you know what, on that note, I think we can probably wrap it up. Um, I appreciate your time, effort, and wisdom. And uh to meet you. Yeah, you as well. I think this is a very um I don't know, insightful convo for me. I, I thank you for allowing me to blabber on and go on some some rants that I don't I mean maybe they made sense, maybe they didn't. I don't know. But uh yeah, thank you anybody in the future that listened this long and I wish you all the best, Suzanne. Yeah. Thanks so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. For sure. Peace out. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.